In the world of Hollywood, movies get greenlit and redlit. They get remade and rebooted. But we are the ideal. I'm Sam Gash, and you are listening to Ideal Remake. Thank you for listening to Ideal Remake. We take movies that either have been, will be, or should be remade and talk about what the ideal version of that remake would be. This time, we're one little adjective away from having a whole sentence. And my guest today, who is clearly too young for this shit, is Megan Fox. Megan, is Tank Girl a movie that has been, will be, or should be remade? Should be. Good. Love it. Tell me why. It should be remade because the original ran out of funds, was half done, had a half-cooked plot, and could be a lot more. I think those are all excellent reasons. (laughs) Cool. So tell me a little bit about you. What What's your, I don't know, what, what do you do? Well, I am a costumer, cosplayer, a prop maker. I go to Wasteland Weekend. Post-apocalyptic stuff is my favorite sort of genre. I also do comedy, sketch, improv, and... Um, Which is how I know you, and you yeah. are very funny. Oh, thank you. You're also very funny. Stop. I think we met in our writer's room uh, for a little like yeah. sketch group. I think we met at Senior Ditch Day. Senior Ditch Day. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We did meet there. I was just having a conversation with someone. And I was talking about like the quote unquote Senior Ditch Day movie that was supposed to happen. Oh, yeah. And I was talking about how I got assigned two different people to work with to write two different scenes. Yeah. And I ended up writing both those scenes on my own. And I was talking to someone. And they were like, you actually wrote your scene? And I was like, yes, someone asked me to do a thing. I got really excited, and I sent, like, a song that I wrote, because I got, like, the musical kids one, and so I sent a song I wrote to someone, and then I think she unfriended me on Facebook. Oh, God! <laughs> That's awful! It wasn't, like, immediate. It was, like, a month after, but <laughs> it was really Nonetheless, weird. that's... I'm so sorry. <laughs> I did not care. It was oh, okay. All right, well... I think we, we'd always already, like, it uh, the project had already, like, fallen apart a little bit. Just sort of petered out. I was just like, hmm, is this my fault? No, I think it's everyone's. I think we're okay. <laughs> <laughs> Given time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Tank Girl. But Tank Girl. How did you first see Tank Girl? Um, I first saw Tank Girl. Let's see, I first knew about Tank Girl in sixth grade because, like, the, the cool tomboy girls were really into it. You know, like, the tomboy girls who would ask you, like lewd questions like um i went to a jewish day school i don't think we had those i don't even know if i should say it's like we said it in sixth grade but they were like do you spit or swallow and i was like gum (laughs) if i spit out my gum (laughs) they were really in a tank girl so i then watched tank girl i think when i was in college i think uh i found like the dvd on amazon and uh then i bought it and i watched it and i loved it even though it's Honestly, kind of a terrible movie. It's a cult classic movie. Yeah. That way. And then so then you got into the comics or you read the comics first and then watched the movie? You know, actually, I think I must have. I think I did read the comics first. I remember. So I walked into Borders. R.I.P. Borders. Yeah. And um, I picked up three comics. I picked up Fell, which is Bill Willingham. And oh, my God. uh, He draws all the squids. I have. Internet. Do you want me to look it up? Possibly. Uh, ben Templesmith. Got it. Ooh. So, beat me to it. Well done. Um, he draws all the squids? He draws all the squids. He He's 
he actually produced like a line of leggings with like squid tentacles on them and he He's a big anime fan? What's going on? He wrote a he wrote a big book called Squitter. Yeah, he's just very into cephalopods. Interesting. Yeah. Um I mean he's you know Hey people like what they like. It's a weird Australian, what do you want to do? <laughs> but he and I, so I picked up that comic. I've also picked up um, another one of his, which I didn't realize was the same person. I was just like picking things I liked. I picked up Wormwood Gentleman Corpse, which is uh, Ben Temple Smith's like written, and he also did the art for it comic. And then I also picked up a couple of issues. I picked up a Black Widow and a Tank Girl, and I loved Tank Girl. And Funny thing was on the back of Tank Girl, there was an advertisement for Chew. Have you ever read Chew? Oh, I thought you were talking about, like, uh, chewing tobacco. No, it's a, it's another great no, I don't comic know that would be great as a movie, except for the guy's a cannibal, and apparently that reads poorly. Huh. But, uh, but yeah, no, after I read that one issue of Tank Girl, I got really into it. That was probably what made me buy the movie. I think that's the order of affairs. My comic book background is fairly lacking since i don't think i outside of newspaper comics i don't think i ever really read a comic book comic until college when the watchman movie was going to come out i'm like this watchman movie is going to come out i have to read it first and my school bookstore was selling it so i bought it and i like read it in a weekend and then my school library had access to all of sandman i remember over a two-week period i read all of sandman but I just have a friend uh, from back home in Tucson, um, Claire, who just slowly just start introducing me to all of these new things. I'm like, you should read, she was like, you should read this, read this, read this, read this. And so that's kind of, that's the extent of the comics that I read. Just if Claire said I should, I should read it, I read it. So that's how I got all of the like, Why the Last Man and Ex Machina and things by other writers possibly, but who knows. <laughs> The one about the pride. The one about the lions. Oh yeah, pride of Baghdad. Yeah, pride of Baghdad. Oh yeah, so like pride of Baghdad and the other Brian one. Brian Kavon. Yes, yeah. So you're a Brian Kavon fan. I, yeah, that's basically all I've read. So you should read Saga. I've read Saga. Okay, very. good. Or have been reading Saga. Very good. Yes, that's all. Yeah, I agree. And then I've read a bunch of other things too. I they just don't immediately spring to mind. But like, I love indie stuff like this, mostly because well. My comic reading was I wanted to read something that ended. Like, I never was really interested in reading Flash or Green Arrow or whatever, just because I'm like, I'm sure there is a good run on lots of these different things, but I don't want... I'm always a person who likes starting something at the beginning and reading it until it's over, and (laughs) comics don't do that a lot. But Tank... I don't know about Tank Girl. Is Tank Girl still running, or is it a full arc? What's the story? It has a lot of different versions. Basically, Tank Girl started with... Let me get my note. And I also don't necessarily expect you to be the uh, keeper of all Tank Girl knowledge. I don't know all the names. But Tank Girl um, was started by uh, Steve Cook. uh, Or sorry, not Steve Cook. Strike that. (laughs) Steve... so, (laughs) So it was started by Alan Martin. He was the original writer. He is the writer still. He is... Basically, the showrunner of the comic. It is still going, though. It's still occasionally going. So since it's indie, you know how they, like, basically just publish whenever they want to? Yeah. It's one of those. Oh. Um, So there'll be, like, a run every two years or so, and sometimes you'll be surprised because there'll be, like, 
three in quick succession. But it was, let's see. Whenever inspiration strikes? Yes. Ah. As far as I can tell. It was uh, Brett Owens, Jamie Hewitt, and Steve Dillon is what I'm looking at. And then Alan Martin. I suppose I should specify for everyone listening that Megan actually brought a few Tank Girl comics. And this was the first time I'd ever really seen them. And the first thing I said uh, when... I opened it up is that it looked like one of the Gorillaz music videos. Mm-hmm. And you said? I said, well, that's because the one you're holding was actually, the art was done by Rufus Dayglow, who designed the Gorillaz. Which I think is amazing information. And and he's awesome. He's a kick-ass person. And um, I've had a couple of like nice chats with him. And we're still friends on like my Twitter and my Instagram I don't use anymore. <laughs> <laughs> But that whole, um, like, style that he has, it just fits really well, but so well to the point that, like, Alan Martin, I guess, I guess people thought that Rufus Dayglow was also the writer, or that was the perception that Alan Martin had, and that led to him no longer being on the comic. Oh, weird. Yeah, it's weird. It, it, he was too famous? Yes. It's like one of those things where someone might just be performing, but because they are who they are, everyone assumes that they're also the creator. Yes. That's too bad. Yeah. Because it's clearly very good. It's like a, it's like a CeeLo Green Gnarls Barkley thing. Hmm. Because CeeLo wrote uh, Crazy. Yes. Yes. And then Gnarls performed it, but everyone still knows Gnarls Barkley yeah. for performing it. That makes sense. Yeah. Huh. At some point I should specify that I did really enjoy this movie. Every once in a while, I'll watch a movie, and I'm just kind of, like, smiling through the episode, like, yeah, no, it was great. But no, I legit enjoyed it. And some of the things that made it low budget, I actually thought were super fun. <laughs> the There's this aspect of the movie of when someone gets hit, it cuts to a comic book panel and shows the character, like, the cartoon version of the character being hit. And I thought that was such a great conceit, and I really liked it. Do you know why that was? Because they couldn't actually show a woman getting hit in an 80s movie or whatever it was made? Uh, it was made in 1995. Or a 90 movie. 90 but movie. I think it's it's more so because they ran out of money. Uh-huh. Um, so because they ran out of money, they basically had to cut scenes as much as possible. So they were requiring, like, they were basically just writing the artist, like, hey, can you do this? Can you do this? Like, can you do this establishing shot? Like, they just, they just didn't have the money to shoot that stuff. Yeah. At least that's my understanding. If we're wrong, then, you know, reach out to me. I liked it in the reaction things. The, the, at the beginning of the movie, when it is the establishing shot, I didn't like that as much. Yeah. I liked it when it was, like, big emotions or some physical thing is happening, because splash panels, those things are always super cool about comics, and that's what's exciting about it. And I didn't necessarily see it as, like, a, hey, nudge, nudge, remember, this is a comic book movie. I just more thought it was just a, a cool conceit, and I liked it. Except for the resolution. Remind me? Like, the resolution's all animated, and you're like, cool, so I I sit through a live-action movie this whole time just to see a bunch of animated stuff at the ending? Like, this feels incomplete. Over the credits? Uh, yeah. Oh. Eh. There are a lot of movies I like that have animated credits or have a different style of animation for the credits. I don't think that bothered me as much. Hmm. I just wish it was more. Like, more in one direction or the other? Like, no, just, I guess, I wish it was, it's it's hard to explain, because the story, like, the comic book doesn't really have a story. Like, it does, there's always, 
generally it goes around the lines of like, okay, so Tank Girl wants something. She goes, she gets the thing, she loses the thing, she tries to get it again, someone else has it, and then she takes it back, and then they take it from her. It's along those lines. Got it. Using her sexual prowess and (laughs) her drunkenness to, you know... So it's less plot and um, lore motivated, and it's more motivated by whim? Yeah, it's like... And what'll make an interesting story today? It's very punk rock. Yeah. It's very like, oh, that seems like fun, let's do it. Cool, nothing wrong with that. I like that. It's, it's yeah, it's good. But I felt like for the movie, though, yeah, it, uh, there's things It that... felt like they had to force it into the scope of a movie, instead of it being a series of smaller adventures? Yeah, and they had to force like some weird plot points on the part of Malcolm McDowell and the the female villainess. Yeah, Malcolm Malcolm McDowell was weird, especially because when he gets sort of killed, I was like, "Oh, this is taking a turn. I find this interesting. What's mm-hmm. happening? They've killed their villain already. What's next?" And then he wasn't dead, and I was like, "Oh, okay." That's, that's cool, too, I guess. He's not a, dead. He's a hologram face? Yeah, like, everything else is normal, but he doesn't have a head anymore, but he still can walk. Uh-huh, it makes total sense. Total sense. No, I'm definitely not shaking my head. There's nothing weird about that. Mm-mm. What's wrong? Mm-mm. No, Sam, nothing. you okay? I'm fine. Everything's great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what about that musical number? That musical number when, when they're birds do it, bees do it. Oh, that was weird. Right? I didn't... That was just weird. Right? I didn't understand what was going on. Right? But you still enjoyed the movie. I still enjoyed the movie. And that's why it's a good remake. It legitimately is. Because, I mean... Or it would make a good remake, is what I'm saying. So you talked about how you kind of wanted to build this movie, like, tear this movie down yeah. and build it back from the ground up. What are the components of the movie that you want to keep? So I I equate it with, like, you have, like, a house with good bones, but the interior is just everything so is all it's wrong. Built on a an ancient uh, burial ground. Got it. Good bones. I mean, I mean, you know, it just it needs remodeled. Good. So I understand. the parts the parts that are good, I guess, are the craziness. I liked how colorful it was. I like the character. The characters, for the most part, <laughs> I like. I didn't like the script. It's hard to get around. That's a huge part. It's a huge part. D- did you like the cast they had? Yes. Okay. Lord, I, trying to cast what a reboot or like a, a... Basically, yeah. Trying to cast what a reboot would be was pretty difficult. I agree. Because Lori Petty does such a good job. She's so yeah. crazy. It. I had to just like kind of sort of figure out what that character represented. And that character is just an agent of chaos. Yeah. She's fun. Yeah. Uh, she's an agent of chaos. She does what she wants and she doesn't listen to anybody and it's fun. She, she has the things she cares about and that's it. She drinks too much. She smokes too much. She farts. She uh, makes gross jokes. She's lewd. She's crass. She's disgusting. Like, and she's punk rock. She shaves her head. She wears a bra most of the time, like with no shirt. Like, she's just kind of like a bro if it was a hot Australian chick who ran around in a tank. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want her to start the movie with the tank? 
Or do you want her to to find it and fall in love like she did in this movie? Well, the way it works in the comic is actually she works for... She doesn't work for Water and Power, but she essentially works for, um, like, an army. Okay. I think the general's name is... It's like Mr. Small Package or something like that. Wow. Like, that's the guy in charge. And so she basically goes off and she she runs bounties for them. So she'll she'll go in the tank and she kills people. And then she's away too long or um, basically something happens to her tank. I forget which of the two. And they basically fire her and they try to go after her. And that's when she's like, you know, that's you when she's come after me. Yeah. But she essentially stole a tank from the military. Good. Love it. Yeah. So I think that should, that should be the opening scene. She steals a tank from the military. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay. Cool. So then talk to me about your version of what this movie should be. Like, what, what do you have in mind? So my version of this movie would be, and this is, this is difficult because I see, like, basically two or three different possibilities. One is you can go, like, a blockbuster route. Okay. And then the other is you can go a true indie route. Okay. And the other, I'll get into a little later after I've I've talked about the blockbuster route. Then I guess we'll start with this. So I'm actually going to look this up now because I don't know the answer. So do you happen to know what the budget was for the original Tank Girl movie? I do not know. Do you have a guess? Mm, $6 million. Do you have another guess? Is it more or less? It's more. It's more. $15 million? It's more than that, too. The budget for this movie was $25 million. Wow. And if, and that's in 1995 money. And if they still ran out of money. <laughs> what did they do? That's the question. What did they do with the money? I mean, they had to get jets and tanks and whatever. Malcolm and- McDowell? Did Malcolm McDowell cost all that money? I mean, I imagine Malcolm McDowell's expensive, but I don't think he's $25 million expensive. Had Lori Petty been in a league of their own yet at this point? Like, did she have... I still think of her as uh, Point Break, but... Yeah. Oh, that's right. She had done Point Break at this mm-hmm. point. Okay. Order of operations for Lori Petty is... She was in Free Willy. She was in Point Break. Free Willy was after. Point Break would be before. Free Willy is 1993. Really? Yep. Point Break is 1991, Free Willy is 1993, Tank Girl is 1995. Yeah, no, she... I mean, she wasn't the blockbuster A-list celebrity, but... Oh, no, there's A League of Their Own. Point Break, 1991, A League of Their Own, 1992, Free Willy, 1993, In the Army Now, 1994, Tank Girl, 1995. Did this movie tank her career? Holy moly! Because she's in... I don't really recognize a lot of the movies that come after this because Countdown, uh, Relax, It's Just Sex. The Arrangement is the one that I think stands out to me the most, but I don't know what MacArthur Park is. I don't know what Route 666 is. Pray for Rock and Roll, Broken Arrows, Cryptid. Broken Arrows sounds familiar. What's crazy is that she's in a movie called Chasing 3000. (laughs) Now let me tell you about a movie called Chasing 3000. Okay. My senior year of college, I, like, finally, like, I should probably take a film class. So literally the the way my college worked is you only take one class at a time. So literally the last class I took was intro to filmmaking. And I happened to pick a good time because the film department had had a huge shakeup. Like, one of their big dudes just left. And so we had a guest professor. And there's this dude named Greg Lanesey, who was this really nice guy. But he was a guest professor who was teaching this class. And just kind of a random guy. He runs a post-production house out in L.A. And I should reach out to him because he... He keeps popping up in my life in weird ways because the movie that I wrote that got made 
his post-production house is what got hired to do post on it just randomly they wow. i didn't know and he was like did you write this movie i'm like i co-wrote it yeah he's like oh my god that's amazing and so chasing 3000 is the big movie that he directed and laurie petty's in it wow just a random coincidence and so that was in 2010 and then she did something in 2013 where it's baseball tanks and bad tattoos an interview with laurie petty in 2016, she's in Dead Awake, and then she's in Fear, Love, and Agoraphobia in 2018. And she also did Orange is the New Black. That's what I was going to say. She was in Orange is the New Black 2014 to 2018. She kicked butt in that. She's done a couple of other episodes of TV here and there, but that's about it. <laughs> I wouldn't say it tanked her career, <laughs> which is your words, not mine. It's too fun not to say. Of course. I just don't think she was ever like kind of the A-list actor that you expect although her star meter is at 1588 so it's still not bad that's top 5000 or whatever the actual it's higher than iced tea wow yeah, yeah. iced tea another person in tank girl which yep. i kind of have a problem with the fact that all of the dingoes are black black yeah yeah and then there's like this whole like let's have a circle dance scene that was so weird and uncomfortable so uncomfortable I mean, the the thing that made me the most uncomfortable in this entire movie is the treatment of Jet Girl. Yeah. Because, boy, was this movie clearly made by dudes. Oh, yeah. Um, so it was written by a dude. So of course I it put, was. I put the blame on that squarely on the dude, but yeah. it was actually directed by a woman. And, oh, was it? Uh, it was. And I didn't think she did that terrible of a job. Um, considering just, the script. The yeah. script must have been absolute garbage. Yeah. I... You know, we should go to the WGA, see what that looks like. I mean, it would probably be an interesting read because Mm -hmm. this poor, I mean, there's a reason that Naomi Watts doesn't say this was her first movie. Oh, was this her first movie? It was among them. Oh, wow. Uh, But I was talking to someone, they're like, yeah, no, she like doesn't talk about being in this movie because basically the entire movie, her role is she just gets really creepily hit on the whole time. Yeah, almost raped and then Tank Girl and she... Make out, which I think... Do both, they? I don't remember that. They do. She, oh, yeah. They yeah, do that thing so, to, like, oh, no, she's with me. To keep the military guy from, like, and raping he's all, her. oh, gross. Oh, gross. I've never found two women kissing really hot. Yeah. Clearly, this was the 90s and they didn't get it yet. But... Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> They're like, oh, gross. And hush. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no. it. I, I just... I felt bad for her. And obviously, and every dude I've talked to who's watched this movie is like, oh, I had such a crush on Jet Girl. And I'm like, hey, totally get it. For sure. Mm-hmm. But also, poor her. Yeah. I mean, whereas I had a big crush on Tank Girl. I don't see why not. Like, I would like to be her or be with her. Either one. Either totally way. Totally fine. Cover the bases. Very good with either one. <laughs> Which I think that the funny thing about this movie is it kind of does live in like this subversive territory where it is, it is like sort of queer friendly and yet it's not. It doesn't say anything about anything, but to me, like it reads as Tank Girl is bisexual and maybe Jet Girl is bi-curious, but... I got that impression as well. Right. But nothing is ever said because it's the 90s. In the 90s and, and we're scared of this. We just got over the culture wars and yeah. now everything has to go back to normal. Right. It has to be okay. Like in the comics, how uh, Tank Girl thinned out the kangaroo population. Well played. Thank you. Did she actually? Yeah, she did. She kind of accidentally on purpose ran. Like in the beginning of the first Tank Girl, she um, 
accidentally on purpose runs over and kills like, a whole bunch of people, including like, did I say dingoes? I meant kangaroos. You no. said kangaroos. I said kangaroos? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So anyway, so she like runs over a bunch of the kangaroos and there's just one that escapes and that's Booga. And so in the comics, there's just one left? There's not just one left. It's, it was just, one from that group. One from that group. Got it. She like killed all of his friends and then they like, she like chases after him for a while and then she makes out with him. Uh, seems legit. Yeah. How many... Okay, in the comics, is he as dumb as he is in the movie? He's not that dumb, but he's like... I mean, she's... mm, They're both wild cards to an extent. I think the most... Chaotic neutral? Yeah. I mean, I've I've never really thought about him because I don't really care about him in the comics. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There's one one I haven't read that's... um, that it's Tank Girl Odyssey, and I think it's when she, like, goes through a different... She's, like, in a different reality or a different dimension or something. And I think she and Booga have a baby. I've seen a couple of cosplayers dressed as... A Booga baby? Well, a baby Booga. the baby. There'll be a woman dressed as Tank Girl, and then there'll be a man dressed as Booga, and then they have a baby, and so it's, like, a really... I mean... Fun cosplay to, like, happen upon. Look... What? I completely respect and I'm fully on board with that cosplay idea. Mm-hmm. On the condition that that baby is being carried in a pouch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. It should be. Is it not? It's not. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I um, get that he's a male kangaroo or whatever, but still. I just remember him, like, punching her in the face. And oh, being weird. really upset about that. Like, they have a really bad fight. How many different sci-fi dystopian future things have there been where they'd be like oh there are these mutants and they're evil and crazy and they kill everybody and they eat people and it just cuts to no that's not the case i mean a lot that's i feel like every time that's been said it's like yeah no you guys are just prejudice you this is just a this is just a, a a prejudice allegory like uh the one that immediately springs to mind is um i am legend oh yeah and then i i know there are other examples but i can't immediately think of them but that's kind of almost always what happens it's it's rare unless it's like zombies it's almost always like oh they have their own culture because they're people i'm just trying to think of like who did it first and if tank girl was around in the 1990s it's possible but it can't be the first it can't be i mean history is the first sure but it's all but then tank girl also it's like hey they're all black dude. They're all different black dude stereotypes. It's not okay. So not okay. So, yeah, very not okay. Two of my, because I cast three boogas, two of them are black dudes. One of them is not. So, my primary thing, so I guess getting back to it. Yeah, so you have your big budget version, you have your indie version. Yeah. What is the budget that you see this at? Like, what is your... I mean, knowing that the original was 25. I don't know how money works with movies. (laughs) I'm not playing with that cash. The most I can hope to save up for anything is like $2,000, so I don't know. Well, the crazy thing is, I actually think $25 million is somewhat reasonable for a good indie movie. And if you're... Especially because graphics and everything has become so much cheaper to make. Like, I still think that's probably a good budget for what we want. Because I don't think this movie belongs as a big budget blockbuster. I, I don't think that's... I don't think Tank Girl would want to be in a big budget blockbuster. So the way the way I basically see it going, um, my main cast would be based off of the Rufus Dayglow, the, the issues that he did um, the art for. It would be Booga, okay. the kangaroo boyfriend, Jet Girl, the mechanic and pilot... 
I would change Subgirl to Boat Girl, like it is in his th- that series of the comics. And I would have Barney, who is my personal favorite side character. First question, Subgirl was just the random older woman that they met randomly and then left and never saw again? Random older woman? Look at the cast list. I saw the cast list, but like, I, she wasn't there. For, she was in one scene in the movie? Yeah, she's like a cameo. Yeah, okay. I just wanted to make sure that I knew who Subgirl was. She she has a larger presence in the book. I assume so, because like if there's takes... a tank girl and a jet girl and a boat girl, right. I would imagine that boat girl's involved. She and tank girl and jet girl all take baths together. Like, they're actually buddies. Sure. So. I, hey, if water's scarce, you gotta bathe together i mean sansa stark and and Arya did like over the course of game of thrones so i don't remember that you didn't they macy williams and uh sophie turner supposedly like got high in a bathtub after shoots amazing (laughs) isn't that like amazing some of my favorite things about game of thrones are just like the actors once they're done actually doing the acting thing it must be exhausting you want to turn your Uh, brain off and that's when you smoke weed in a tub yeah i feel like you'd have to yeah so I'm sorry, tell me about Barney. So Barney is like a, she plays, I think she's a bassist, but I could be wrong. She Basically, she plays guitar and she drinks more, she smokes more, she's more of a fucking... <laughs> I don't care. She's more of a problem. You can swear as much as you okay, want. That's good, because Tank Girl curses a fucking lot. Yeah, and, it's a movie with swears in it. Um, so <laughs> We're not talking about Space Jam. <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, Tank Girl is like a problem basically as far as her substance abuse but barney is way worse i think there's a issue where barney just like goes missing and they have to go find her because they don't know where she's wandered off to or if she's been kidnapped or what's happening and they think that she has this like golden egg she has the MacGuffin, and she's disappeared sure okay but yeah um, but it turns out that she just like took a bunch of drugs and just wandered like I forget how it turned out, which is kind of the whole thing with Tank Girls. Like, you remember the journey and you don't really remember what happened. I think that's great. It's kind of embarrassing. Like, but I looked, I am not the only one. I looked through all the Wikipedias today, like, during my break at work. <laughs> and there's literally nothing on anyone but Tank Girl and Jet Girl. It's insane. Wow. There's like almost nothing. And you go through the Wikipedia page and it almost like immediately redirects you to the movie. But this is, this is a comic book that is so like, it's, it's such a cultural icon that the owner of, I think it's, it's House of Secrets up in Burbank. Uh-huh. He actually opened that store because he wanted to be able to get these comics imported from the UK. Wow. Like, this is a cultural phenomena to a very small group of people who care way too much. Well, maybe the people who... Uh, I'm one of them. Yes. <laughs> maybe the people who want to go to, what was the dystopic Mad Max festival in the desert? Wasteland Weekend? Maybe Wasteland Weekend attendees just aren't Wikipedia editors. Maybe not. That sounds about right. We're too busy, like spray painting and oxidizing metal and all the other weird stuff we do. Witnessing people, all the things. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to witness. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the visual elements are mostly, so it's punk, it's disorganized, it's anarchic. I don't know how to say anarchy, anarchic. Anar- I'm going to go with anachronistic. Sure, sounds great. It's not the right word. It's absurdist and it's psychedelic. So all of those elements are sort of hard to get across in a movie. But the first movie got that spirit. 
And then the plot elements are, it's kind of a stream of consciousness, it goes into metafiction, and then there's like no conventional plot or commitment to narrative. So that's why I said I would talk about it later, but that's why one of my ideas is basically like, if you're going to remake this, remake it so it's a series. Maybe a movie isn't how this story should be told. Okay. One of the things that I miss from the 90s, and they've done it a little bit now, is I always have always really liked the big movie to introduce your characters and you kind of have your Saturday morning cartoon in the middle to get you from one movie to the next movie. Mm -hmm. Like, they did that with Men in Black. They did that with a bunch of the Disney movies. They did that with, I don't know, lots of things. Uh, They did that with How to Train Your Dragon. And I always reference it because the Men in Black cartoon is one of my favorite cartoons. I don't remember that. And it it has one of my favorite villains ever. And I his, I think his name was A. And <laughs> literally he was a villain who would go around stealing body parts from aliens and then grafting them onto himself, turning himself into this crazy overpowered monster to the point where just his head was the only part of him left that was human. And he's just like, he's a, an agent gone nuts. That's why he's A as opposed to like L and K who were the... And, I'm just like, I just always really liked that concept of someone who was like, yeah, we're human, but all these other dudes have these, all these amazing bits and pieces. I want that. That's really cool. We can do that. And then Z being like, no. And A is being like, I'm out of here, buddy. And I mean, there were other things that the TV show did too. I just remember really liking it. And I like the idea. And part of the reason why I liked it is I like the concept of there being a single unifying story that gets us started. But if it's someone like Tank Girl who kind of has the week-to-week adventure, I don't see any reason why, like, you have your big Tank Girl movie and then there's the Tank Girl series on Adult Swim, which is the only place where you could do a Tank Girl series. Oh, yeah, it would fully be Adult Swim. And actually, if I was to suggest a showrunner, I would go with a female writer um, who currently works on Family Guy and the Orville. Um, Her name, I'm going to massacre this, I'm so sorry. Cherry... Cheva Pravaturong. Her whole name doesn't fit on one page um, or one line on my IMDb, so that's my best. Spell her last name. C-H-E-V-A-P-R-A-V-A-T-D-U-M-R-O-N-G. Oh, and trivia, it says her surname is pronounced Chevra Pravaturong. There you go. Thanks, IMDb. Thanks, IMDb. Can I get on the boat when you do the Comic-Con party? Thanks, IMDb. IMDb has a... There she is. They have, like, this really cool yacht party. Uh, is it? Is it called the IMD boat? Yeah, it is. Yeah! Okay. <laughs> That's amazing. Cherry Cheva Prava Tumdumrong. It's, yeah. a, it's an impressive name. It is not the longest last name I've ever seen, but it is very close. Yeah, but she's a, she's a producer and a writer, and uh, she clearly knows how to take a story that's not really a story and is just a bunch of random interludes and craft that into something that's watchable. I mean, even some TV shows have done it. I mean, that's what Firefly did. They had their original two-hour-long episode that's basically a movie, mm-hmm. and then it sort of ends in a movie. Which was planned all along. Sabrina's kind of like that too. Oh yeah, a little. I mean, it it feels like that. I don't know if it actually is, but the first season felt like a movie. Buffy's unintentionally like that as well. True, true, very true. 
Although uh, my understanding is that the TV show, the canon of the original TV show is the original Joss Whedon script and not the actual movie that got made. Wow. Because there's a whole bunch of stuff and they're just like, yeah, no, it's go read it if you want, but you don't need to bother watching stuff. <laughs> I don't know. That's what I heard. Fascinating. So because it's a movie podcast, I'd say let's try and stick with a movie if we can. Yeah. But I'm not opposed to there being crazy convoluted different plot lines and then we follow some drop others yeah no i'll um i'll continue with the movie stuff so if it's if it's like an actual blockbuster movie if you want to pour some money into it i started thinking about first who i would want to play tank girl because to me that's the biggest most important thing talk to me about what you what those concepts are what do you want to happen in the movie so i would want it to be basically like a girl bro comedy so we've seen this be successful with like TV shows like Broad City, with movies like um, uh, Bridesmaids, and um, I would actually, well, there's others that I can't think of right now, but I would want it to be like a really cool, like college age going female raunchy, like comedy for like women to see other women like them allowed to be like gross and funny and weird and and like go on a crazy adventure like drunk and stoned and where the characters don't really know what's going on but there they go so i guess it's like a it's like a female stoner comedy that takes place in a a post-apocalyptic setting and i'm on board for that because that's uh, just a fantastic thing so okay and then let me talk for a second about just, like, things for them to do. I had, essentially, I had the thought, and I totally forgot about it, that it was like a post-apocalyptic stoner comedy girl Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, awesome. Yeah, because it's a series of tiny little adventures Well, before they get to the big adventure, but then that doesn't really matter because it's all about the little adventures they had along the way. And she collects her friends along the way, too. I like it. Mm. One of the kind of ideas that I had is just this concept of, what was the group called that Booga was in? What was the actual, like... The, the Rippers. Tank? Rippers, thank you. The Rippers are like this, oh, we're super scared of these, like, mutants that the government made, something, something, something. And I just have this idea of Tank Girl being like, I want to go punch one. No, they're going to kill you. Yeah, but I'm going to punch one first. And just, like, that's how they go meet them, and, like, instead of... I mean, and she definitely, like, just socks one. And instead of it being like, a, oh, we're terrified of these things, it's she's the one person who's not. And then it turns out that she was right accidentally. And in the comic book, it's because she's drunk all the time. Yeah. Here's my question for you. In the comics, Department of Water Power, they control the water, Some right? Yeah, they exist. And I think she, she kind of works for them. But I think that it's more the army than anything else. Mm-hmm. So if they're in this post-apocalyptic desert landscape, who's manufacturing the booze? Uh, This is just a city planning kind of thing. It's never really answered in post-apocalyptic movies. Huh. It's, uh... Because everyone always seems to find booze. Yeah, I mean, even a boy and his dog, they just seem to find food sort of buried. It's it's a very video game-esque thing of... Just have to get to the right checkpoint and it'll be there. Yeah, you just have to, like, dig in the sand for 15 minutes and you'll probably find some beans or something. And rupees. And maybe some beer. I'm not going to worry about it. It just occurred to me in the moment. I was like, what? Seems like a thing. No, that's a good question. We shouldn't think about it. So, (laughs) So then let's do this. 
I would suggest that the first adventure is her taking the tank. And when she's doing that, she finds Jet Girl. And so the second adventure is going with Jet Girl to get Jet. And then they find Sub Girl there. And then you kind of using that to do the next thing after the next thing. Yeah, that sounds about about right. Just And then I don't necessarily know that there needs to be a big bad. I like the idea of there being a big bad in the sense that Tank Girl represents chaos and chaos is fun and why don't we want to have fun? And then... The opposite should be order. Order. I mean, that's who Malcolm McDowell is, is he wants to control everything. Like, there's a section of land. He wants the water underneath, but basically he just wants to run everything and make it the government system. And if my understanding of anarchy is correct, <clears throat> uh, fuck the government... Uh, yeah, that's about right. Cool. All that right. Sounds good. Uh, all right. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Nailed. Wow. <laughs> so something along those lines is kind of what you're thinking. Yeah. Okay. In my head, I now kind of just want to design the tank, but no, no, no. Okay. So, <laughs> so with that in mind, then it's really more just about the people you meet along the way. So let's start going in and talking about casting. So okay. you said it's all about tank girl, right? Like we need to find the best person who can be an agent of chaos and represent this insanity. And I started thinking this whole thing's supposed to, like, one of the bigger adventures is the Australian adventure, and, like, you know, maybe try to cast some Australians. That would probably be kind of cool, being that they're in Australia. In retrospect, I would have, uh, yeah, I agree. I don't think I'd, I might have cast an Australian. I don't know her background. So, um... So, I mean, it's, yeah, it takes place in Australia, but the, there's so many, like, punk Brit elements. There's a lot of, like, British influence. So that was another thought. And then the, the other big criteria for me is it has to be someone who seems to come off a little unhinged, might be a little bit crazy, like, in a great way. Sure. Because genius and, and crazy. But so that got me thinking, uh, like, maybe uh, Cara Devaney, maybe Aubrey Plaza, maybe Jennifer Lawrence. And then I was like, well, Emma Stone is really good crazy eyes and she's totally like easy to work with. But then I started thinking Australian, like I said, and I went Margot Robbie. I thought you might. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I got nothing against Margot Robbie. She plays a good crazy and she's certainly the crazy person of the day. And she can do an action movie. I agree. She can. And, and I think that, I think Margot Robbie is actually underrated. Oh, yeah. I think she's a better actress than she's often given credit for because she's like, oh, she's the blonde bombshell. Like, I saw, and now I'm going to blank on the name of the movie. What was the name of this, the movie where she's an ice skater? I actually was trying to think of it just now, and I was having issues. I, Tanya. Yeah. She's so good in I, Tanya. So good. And so it's, heartbreaking. it's just a, a devastating. But it's a little bit of that manicness and then also a little bit of the, the Harley Quinn thrown in. I don't have a problem with ca- casting Margot Robbie. Let me tell you about my person. Uh-huh. I wanted someone who came from a world of sexual freedom, a world of ridiculous comedy, and a world of just batshit insanity. So if I take Masters of Sex, The Dictator, and Party Down, I'm going to get Lizzie Kaplan. Oh, nice. And also because it's a fairly white movie. Although Lizzie Kaplan, I think, is also white. I don't know. And I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember people and what they look like you sometimes. You don't see race. I often don't. And it's been a problem for this sometimes. I'm sorry. But th- that's who I had in mind. Just because I thought that she could also go crazy. And because at the end of the day, the person that you want to play Tank Girl, you're going to ask this actress to shave her head. 
And I think either Margot Robbie or Lizzie Kaplan for this role, I think, might do it. Because it'd be great. Margot Robbie also has the eyebrows. But so does Lizzie Kaplan. They both have great eyebrows. Tank Girl's all about the eyebrows. Yeah, that, that's what acting is. It's just yeah, good it's eyebrow just eyebrows. <laughs> I like the idea of Margot Robbie simply because she can do crazy and also because I'd also thought of her. Hey. <laughs> but since it's set in Australia, it makes sense to cast an Australian. And Lizzie Kaplan was born in Los Angeles. So. That's fine, maybe. <laughs> Let's go with Margot Robbie. Did you cast Jet Girl? I cast Tank Girl, Jet Girl, Sam, Sub Girl, Kesley, Sergeant Small, Booga, T Saint, DT, and then the writer director. And I have a production designer. Oh, wow. I didn't think of that one. This I, It's rare for me to pull a production designer, but for this one, it made sense. Yeah, it does. Then let's talk about Jet Girl. Uh, Jet Girl, I wanted someone who... They have to look interesting without doing anything. Jet Girl is sometimes described as being kind of boring um, because she's just very mechanical. And so I wanted someone who looks like they have a lot going on when they actually are just doing something really simple. So you're like, oh, mm-hmm. what are you thinking? And they're like, I want a beer. Like, yeah. I don't know. So I went with Hannah John Kamen, who was... Tell me about Hannah John Kamen. She was the antagonist in Ant-Man and Wasp, the one that was constantly going oh, through the different dimensions and portals. I liked her. Yeah, I did too. So you're automatically interested in what she's doing because she's, I don't know, she's just got some presence to her. As to what she's doing now, I do not know. I also cast a British actress. Mm-hmm. I also cast someone who is has a very compelling stoic face and who also can play mechanical very well. Who did you cast? Karen Gillan. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I nice. also pulled from Marvel. Nice pun on play mechanical. Yeah, I liked it. As soon as he said that, I was like, oh, this one's for me. Because she was in Jumanji 2 and she's great and she's super duper funny and she's in Marvel. She's, uh, blanking on the name of her character, but uh, she plays the robot daughter of Thanos. She's in Doctor something. Doctor Who? Never heard of it. And the, she, I also think that she's just an incredibly compelling actress. And I think that she's able to kind of like play the victim, but I also think she'd be able to be like, oh no, you don't fuck with me. Yeah. And I feel like she'd be able to do that very well. So that that's why I pulled Karen Gillan. Nice. Um, but what do you think between the two of them? You know, I think we've seen Karen Gillan play comedy before, which we, at least I haven't from Hannah John Kamen. I, I only saw her in Ant-Man and Wasp. And what other, I'm looking at her IMDb right now. Let's see if she is Ornella in the HBO series Game of Thrones. Oh, I know who that is. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. She's in... She's in Tomb Raider. She's in Ready Player One. She's in something called Killjoys. She's in Black Mirror. She's in a show called Banana. And she's also in a show called Cucumber. <laughs> Don't know what that means. Banana Cucumber. They're two different shows. They sound like they might be funny shows. They're probably related. Oh, wait. Was she's she in-, in the episode of Black Mirror? Was she Was she in San Junipero? Uh... Does it say? No. Oh. She's in I. Ha- she's in Playtest and 15 Million Merits. Oh, 15 Million Merits was the one with, um, oh, shoot, what's her name? Who was in Jurassic Park? Jurassic World? I don't know. I forget her name. It's just tragic because someone told me I looked like her once, so I should remember it, but I don't remember. The top, it, 
I don't think if 15 million merits has the person you're thinking of, because the top star meter is Hannah John Kamen, followed oh, really? by Jessica Brown Finley, then Daniel Kalua, Rupert Everett, Julia Davis, Matt Stokey. Oh, you're right. That's the one Isabella where they're on the treadmills, and then there's like a singing show. Oh, that's the episode. I have a, I have a movie pitch in the first couple of scenes. Someone's like, oh, it's like that Black Mirror episode. And this is the Black Mirror episode. It's like, it's not like that, but like, it's as a power source and how many different power sources can there be? Oh. Um, so I guess, no, it's not that. Well then, she's in two of my lesser favorite Black Mirrors. Sorry, Hannah. I, have, I think Karen Gillan might win, but I also almost don't want her to because she's also white. That is true. Why tank girl so white? Because Australia. The youngest of three children of a Nigerian forensic psychologist father and a Norwegian fashion model mother. Wow. Yeah. Beauty and smarts. Yep. Good combination. Mm-hmm. Let's come back to that then. We'll see who kind of fits in with the rest of our cast. Okay. We didn't talk about this at all, but there's a kid in this movie. So weird. It's weird. Why? I don't know. I have cast for the kid just in case you decide you need a kid because I guess you have to decide that if you have a female protagonist, they have to care about children because that's what women are for. I feel like they did that just so people wouldn't be like, yeah, but she's a woman. So doesn't she have like a nurturing instinct? No. No. Tank Girl doesn't. No. No. That's dumb. That was unnecessary. If anything, I feel like it'd be funny if there was a kid and then Tank Girl sold her. Yeah, who, who's the kid in uh, case Tank Girl sells her? So the the actress I have is an actress named Bronte Carmichael. Okay. You will know her from the movie Christopher Robin and also from Game of Thrones. Wait, what was she in Game of Thrones? I think she was uh, the little girl that Varys goes, the one who was working in the kitchen. Oh, the little girl tried to poison little yeah. Daenerys. Oh, she was so cute. She was cute. I like her. Girl. I just thought that'd be fun. Yeah. No, that is fun. That cool. was a good, good job. Fun. Thank you. We'll sell her. Yes, we will sell her. For the MacGuffin. Excellent. <laughs> she is the MacGuffin. She, what if she is? Yeah. Oh, you're right, though. She is the MacGuffin in the movie. Yeah. Holy wow. Yeah. You made a woman, in fact, a small child woman, a MacGuffin. <laughs> it's uh, Hollywood. Women don't have agency. No, don't be <laughs> silly. If you have a female character, she has to care about children. Yeah. Let's talk about Subgirl. So my initial thought for Subgirl was I had this crazy idea like, hey, remember Xena? Didn't she have a buddy? That's sort of what Subgirl's like. And so I went and looked up uh, that actress and it's Renee O'Connor. And I was like, okay, cool, that's a good person. And then I looked up more stuff about Renee O'Connor. Uh-huh, and? She's real Christian now. Oh, boy. Like, she she hasn't done that much recently, but it's all Jesus-y. Well, good for her. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I crossed that name out. Yeah. And the subgirl I went with is someone who plays crazy very well, also a slightly older actress, and someone who would be, be like, oh, that's fun. Helena Bonham Carter. Oh, she was also on my list, but somewhere yeah. else. Oh, interesting. Yeah. All right. Who do you have for Subgirl? For, uh, well, I actually changed Subgirl to Boat Girl. To huh? Boat Girl, and I had Rebel Wilson. Done. Sold. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. And again, you know, Australian. Australian. Um, initially, though, I was thinking uh, Miley Cyrus would have a cameo. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny. It's kind of funny. And... You know. I like Rebel Wilson more, though. Yeah, I do, too. I think Rebel Wilson is really good at playing the, the zany side She's character. really good. Yeah. That brings me to Kesley, the agent of order. 
And since I was already thinking Xena, why not Lucy Lawless? <laughs> That's actually pretty good. And just because, like, you want someone who's tough and who's, like... Because the person who can take out, like, a crazy, like, person is the tank. And Lucy Lawless is a tank. She can, like... Like, if anyone could beat up Tank Girl, I feel like it'd be Lucy Lawless. I'm just thinking of her in, uh... In Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. She's scary in that. Yeah. It was great. She's amazing. Yeah. I love it. Who did you have for Kesley? Did you cast Kesley? I didn't cast Kesley. Lucy Lawless. Yes. Yeah. That sounds good. That sounds better to me. Good. I Um, like it. I cast, like, as a random villain, TBD, decided later, was Helena Bottom Carter. Oh, you did have Helena Bottom Carter. I did. I did. As, like... The anti-tank girl who is basically also tank girl. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sort of. That's great. Yeah. Just a random uh, villain who's crazy outliving. Literally the crazy lady who's living out alone in the desert who just shoots at them like, you can't take my water. You Pretty don't much. have any water. You can't have it. There's nothing I love more than watching Helena Bonham Carter play, like, unhinged. Yeah. So fun. It's so magical and wonderful. Gosh, so fun. And then you won't have this one, but... I cast Barney. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. I skipped Barney. It's She's okay. At the of my list. Tell I mean, me about Barney. So Barney is like more out there than Tank Girl. And so I went with Aquafina because... Aquafina is a good choice. Instead of playing guitar, she could do hip hop like she already knows how to do. You hit that 90s like... Like nostalgia place. Does there need to be a song in this? There doesn't need to be a song, (laughs) but I might want to put one in there just because because they already put two in there. But this one would probably get like cut off, and then there'd be a bar fight, and then Barney would go crazy. And I would love to see Aquafina play a character that's like getting in a bar fight because that would be probably pretty fun. She's she's a good wild card. Like I've I've never been upset to see her in a movie. She's amazing, and just I love her voice so much. Yeah, like it's. It's like your friend who slept on your couch and then is allergic to your dog. So she's just like, yeah, well. That's a good, that's a good pull. I really like Aquafina for this. Plus um, her name is water and water's scarce. Yeah. So you got to hold her close. It's true. You probably don't have a Sergeant Small then. I don't. Because we need to have a, a shitty person that we don't care about who can be like just a real creeper really well. Oh, I just realized Sergeant Small. Yeah. That's the same as Sergeant, like, Small Package, but yeah. they shortened it. Well, they probably just didn't give him his last name. Yeah, that's true. Too bad. So, I cast an actor named Thomas Wilson. Do you know who that is? No. He was in a movie called Mosaic. He's in something called House Broken. He's in the most recent season of uh, Legends of Tomorrow, which I love Legends of Tomorrow. Also, uh, he's Biff in Back to the Future. Oh, Biff. Yeah. Oh, Biff. Yeah, he can make, like, a tree and get out of here. Yeah, I'm done with that. And I just think, like, he's older, so he should not be hitting on on these younger women, and so it's funny when they just kick his ass. Well, Andy's gonna get mad at Tinkle for stealing his tank, so. Yeah. And also, I think that uh, he, just, like, a total sycophant to the Kesley Lucy Lawless characters, like, go over there. Yes, ma'am. Like, she says jump, he says how high. Yes. I like this. That's a good choice. Cool. Let's talk about Booga then. Oh boy. <laughs> so I feel like in my version, there's it's definitely CGI. We don't need to have, no. we don't need to dress up adult black 
handsome men in kangaroo costumes. It's demeaning, dare I say. I agree, but I also also really enjoy prosthetics. I do too. And I feel like you can go both ways of, like, you can do the full CGI uh, Planet of the Apes. Like, just someone walking around in a ping pong ball suit. Yes. Uh, that. I also like the idea of, because they used to be human and then they were experimented on and combined with kangaroo DNA, right? Because mm-hmm. the whole T-Saint character is like, what did it used to be? I was a cop. Of course you were. <laughs> and I kind of like the idea that it, it wasn't necessarily successful for all of them. Like, some of them, it's, like, really good. They look like they're well-balanced and kangaroo. Some of them are just, like... Like it's uh, there's different stages of like completion of kangarooness, and I would love it if like because I cast three of them, and then for the fourth I would just like there to also be a kangaroo. What what was his deal? Oh, uh, he was a he ran a bakery, but put too much kangaroo, and now he's a kangaroo, and they just don't think he's gonna do anything, and just randomly like, come on, buddy, it's gonna be okay. We gotta hop on over here. You're you're one of us. Is his name Jack? It is now. <laughs> so just like a random kangaroo, like CGI or not, I just wanted that. And That's just like you can have the person who just has a tail, the person who looks like the boog. Uh, I keep wanting to call it, say look like the boogas, look like the rippers, the rippers, yeah, that sort of thing. That's because we only care about booga. Yeah, well, it's also I think they're boogas is something else where like it's a race of bad guy people. I don't, know. I don't remember. What booga? Like, there is something where, like, the bad guys are boogas, but I don't remember what. Oh, I, no, I don't remember that. It doesn't matter. Okay. Um, who did you have for booga? Whew. So, if they still want to... Because keep in mind, you can still have a real actor wearing the ping pong balls, because that's what they do for, like, Mark Ruffalo when he's playing the Hulk. So, my first thought was Donald Glover, and then I was like, that's racist. Yeah. <laughs> A little bit. But it's just, like, he has so much energy. Mm-hmm. Like, remember when he was playing, uh, like, when he was on um, uh, Community? <laughs> like, him and Abed just, like, were such quick talkers, and I freaking love that. Um, so he can handle, like, high-energy, fast-paced script, which might be fun for Booga. Like, if he's constantly, like, yammering on, and the Tank Girl's like, yeah, yeah, it's going to be it's fine. Just grab a, grab a flamethrower. What are you doing? <laughs> but then I started thinking, like, again, I would like to have an Australian. I tried, and there are actually, like, I could have a Hemsworth. You could. But then again, I'm like, but it would be kind of great to also, like, I don't necessarily want that character to be someone of color. But if I want to make Tank Girl less white, then I was thinking actually Fran's uh, drama. I think that's how you say his name from Edge of Tomorrow or Legends of Tomorrow. Legends of Tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Uh, who is he? In- He's a British actor. He plays, not sure because I don't watch it. Spell his name? F-R-A-N-Z. Last name D-R-A-M-E-H. The actor from Attack the Block. Oh, him. I like him. He's Australian? Oh, no, no, he's, he's British. British. I, like I couldn't him. find any Australian actors of color, 
Um, I had an extremely hard time because apparently Australia has major problems with that. With race in yeah. general? Yes. In general. Do. It's like yeah. 12% of their actors are like of color, which mm-hmm. seems much worse than the United States. The, I mean, Australia's treatment of the Aboriginal people in general is very bad. Its treatment of women is also not great. Australia is secretly very American. They would hate that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and then I also, I also wrote down, I think this is just me Googling people at work. Uh, Richard Iode. I love Richard, Richard Iowade. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce things, but that was my other choice. But he, I, would, he would be a better uh, DT, I think. Yeah? Yeah. I love Richard Iowade. He's great. I've used him a bunch of times before for this. We'll come back. Let's put a pen in Richard Iowade. My Booga is, I wanted someone who could kind of, because I was just kind of going with the essence of who they are, like someone who appears burned out, but is actually a little bit more competent than you would think. And I also didn't go with a black person. I also didn't go with an Australian person. Either go black or you go Australian. There's one or the other. I, I chose neither. So I went with Dave Franco. Dave, who's Dave Franco? It's James Franco's younger brother. He's from uh, Mike and Mike and Dave New Wedding Dates. He's in Scrubs. He's a disaster artist. Oh, cool. And I never want to cast James Franco in anything, but I like Dave Franco. Oh. Uh, he's the one in this picture that's not Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, okay. He's not Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, he kind of, he looks like he's um, imitating a squirrel there. He might be. Who can say? He he's on the late show with James Corden. It, he could, James Corden be, could be having them do anything. And he sat next to Neil Patrick Harris. Yes. It's pretty cool. Dave Franco has actually had a pretty cool career. Like, he's in If Bill Street Could Talk. He's in The Disaster Artist. He's in Little Hours. He's in something called Nerve, but I don't know what that is. <laughs> he's in Now You See Me Too. He's a voice on BoJack Horseman. He was in other... He was really funny in other space briefly. He's just gotten to do a bunch of different things, and he's one of those people who... So there was a ninth season of Scrubs that was the worst thing that ever happened to me. Um, I still haven't watched it. Don't. People warned me. They they were right. Good. And I hate that season of Scrubs. I'm sorry. But Dave Franco was in it. Oh. And I, like it's, and I hate that season of Scrubs for a lot of different reasons. And I start hating him. But by the end of the season, he's my favorite character. Because he plays just like kind of this stoner bro. And you're, you just like, oh, you just like dismiss him out of hand. Like, oh, that's just who he is. And he just keep, like keeps showing more and more depth, both in character and as a person. And I found that so fascinating because he Im- immediately has this we have these expectations of him and then he just defies those but then also feels like he has to still live up to those expectations because that's just what everyone has expected of him his entire life and especially as the younger brother of James Franco I can imagine that that's very real for him also he's married to Alison Brie oh that's cool yeah all right I just find them cute and so that's I mean he's from California so if there's anyone who's going to be Hemsworth, it's a Hemsworth. No, I'm just kidding. We didn't. That wasn't even any of our options. It was sort of my option, but then I was like, I don't know. But then I realized I have like, yeah, Booga doesn't need to be a black guy. It's no. super weird. Now I love Fran, Fran's drama because I've seen Legends of Tomorrow and it's great and he's great. But for this, I would say let's go with Dave Franco. Let's do it. Did you do T-Saint or DT at all? Did not. Okay. 
my DT, which was kind of the leader, I did Leslie Jones. Ha! <laughs> yes! Because I think that's funny. Oh I think she'd God. be funny. And then my T-Saint is in Percy Jackson. He's also in Tropic Thunder. It's an actor named Brandon T. Jackson. Okay. And, I don't know, I just thought it was funny. It's a good enough and I reason. I think we can see him in more things. But yeah. More things. More things. But in terms of cast, do you have any characters left before no. we get into writer-director? No, that's it. Then let's go back and talk about Jet Girl. Between the two that we have, who do you think fits better with mm. all the rest of the cast that we've pulled so far? That will play better with Margot Robbie and Rebel Wilson and Lucy Lawless and whoever. Who do you think will play better with them? I mean, it's kind of a crapshoot. Probably Karen Gillan, but then we cast all white people. That's the thing. Yeah. So then that's a good reason to go with Hannah John Kamen. Sorry, Karen Gillan. I still love you. Yeah. Good. So, cool. Then that just leaves us with writer and director. I also have, I have a female writer and I have a female director. Uh, Samesies. Do you have a writer-director or it's separate? Separate. Cool. Uh, let's start with writer. So, um, I kept thinking about a bunch of write or a bunch of writers that I like, and unfortunately, they were all men, and it was really frustrating. And I was like, well, who's a female Edgar Wright? I need the female Edgar Wright. Damn it. And so then I was going through movies I like, and Nicole Perlman is who I came up with. Tell me about what Nicole Perlman, Nicole Perlman has done. So she has, uh, she's one half of the writing team for Guardians of the Galaxy, one half of the writing team for Captain Marvel, and she's currently working on the reboot, which I wish was never happening, of Labyrinth. Yeah, that's a, I should eventually do that episode. Anyway, because <laughs> uh, it's a remake that's happening. It's happening. Yeah. There's nothing any of us can do to stop it. Whew. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've used Nicole Perlman before because she's great. What did she do for Detective Pikachu? I think she... She wrote Detective Pikachu. Yeah, she wrote the story. Awesome. That's did amazing. you enjoy Detective Pikachu? I did. Oh my god, your smile is so adorable yeah, right now. <laughs> I liked it. She's awesome. I also had someone who's written comic book movies, but DC comic book movies. Oh. She... Is in the process of writing Birds of Prey. She also wrote Bumblebee. And she also wrote Shut-In. So she kind of has the action. She kind of has the horror. And it's a writer named Christina Hodson. Cool. God, I'm still thinking about that Karen Gillan choice. That was hard. (laughs) Yeah. Gotta make some tough choices sometimes. Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. That's a fun title. So she's writing that. Bumblebee, uh, she got a special thanks for... I think the Netflix version of Death Note, which that's probably not helpful. She hasn't done as much. She's a writer on something called Unforgettable and then Shut In. And honestly, that's kind of it. Is she good at making... She's also uh, the the new writer for Batgirl. Oh, cool. She is the one replacing Joss Whedon. Oh, interesting. Because it was originally Joss Whedon and then stuff came out and then they were like, how about... Not a dude. What? Not a dude? Who is that? Yeah, I know. Crazy. Not a dude? I don't know. I've never heard that name before. Yeah, it certainly hasn't come up around here. But yeah, so that that's who I had. And obviously they're both great. And I've for sure 
used Nicole Perlman before because I love everything she's done, apparently. She does. I love everything she's ever done. Zany, and she does crazy, and just, like, the dialogue with Rocket Raccoon. I don't know who was responsible, but she must have been responsible for some of it because yep. it worked. Yep. The the only... I, uh, I don't know. I love, I love both of them. I've just, the only reason I don't want to go with Nicole Perlman is because I've used her so many times, and that's why... <laughs> I'm leaning more towards Christina Hodson. So let's talk about director. Mm-hmm. But my director I have used before, but only once, and I think a long time ago. She uh, was the director on a movie called Green Street Hooligans, and she also was the director on Punisher Warzone. So she's done kind of the, the action movie. She's done kind of the indie movie. And it's a director named Lexi Alexander. I don't know her. Those are kind of the big things she's known for. Let me pull her up as well. She's currently in development on a project called Crossface and You Bury Me, which is a TV movie. But uh, like she did these cool things and then kind of hasn't really broken through. Like She directed a couple episodes of SWAT, Get Away with Murder, Taken, American Gothic, Limitless, Supergirl, Arrow. She's done all these things, like an episode of this or that here and there, but she hasn't really been given her like, here's your big movie, go. I, I mean, theoretically that might have been Punisher Warzone, but... I don't think that was, strictly speaking, her fault. Um, and so I think that this would be a good opportunity for her to... She's a former world karate and kickboxing champion. Wow, don't mess with her. Yeah. Cool. She found her calling to become a filmmaker while traveling around the world competing and teaching martial arts seminars. Hmm. I didn't know that. Now and now even... I'm going to pretend like I did. And she's from Germany. I don't know. Cool. She's not American. Um, but yeah, that's who I had. I had Rachel Talele. Tell me about Rachel Talele. Well, she directed the original movie of Tank Girl. Oh. She also has directed episodes of Doctor Who. She's also directed episodes of... I don't have the list in front of me. She uh, directed Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, Tank Girl. She's done... Uh, she's directed episodes of Sherlock. She directed... Uh, or sorry, she produced Crybaby. She's director on a couple episodes of Riverdale. Yeah, she that was one I thought was funny. But she's a genre director. Oh, she did The Borrowers in 1997, immediately after doing Tank Girl. She did Ghost in the Machine uh, in 1993, and then she didn't do anything else until 2009. She did Doom Patrol? So, yeah, she's done uh, three, sorry, one oh, yeah, episode she was, of Doom Patrol. She was doing a bunch of TV in the middle. Allie McBeal, Crossing Jordan, Without a Trace, The Division, <laughs> Touching Evil. Supernatural, Greek, Kyle XY, Flash Gordon. Continuum, did you ever watch that one? No. It was great. Was it? Sexy lady cop from the future, living in futuristic Canada. (laughs) She had an episode of Chilling Tales of Sabrina. Very nice. Chapter 6, An Exorcism in Greendale. Alright. Genre stuff. Yeah, I mean, and if she directed the first one, I like that idea. I like the idea of pulling her back in and saying, hey... It wasn't well, your fault. It wasn't well, and I like. I thought she. I thought the direction was good. Mm-hmm. It was <laughs> maybe a script issue, but like I would absolutely give this back to her. I think that's a great idea, and I do like that you pulled in a bunch of Australians. That's something I didn't even think of, and I always like when you do that research, and I I liked it. But in that case, let's go with Christina Hodson to write it. Okay. And then the last person that I had was just the production designer, just because this person did Mad Max Fury Road. Babe, Pig in the City, and Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Oh, goddamn. Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. I'm sold. Who is it? Colin Gibson. 
Yeah, I'm sold. You're cool. As soon as you said Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, <laughs> I mean, you had me at Mad Max, but then, yeah. I mean, basically what Tank Girl does to the tank, I'm like, oh, it's a Mad Max tank now. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get this movie made. What do we Let's have to do? Let's do it. Just raise $25 million? Yeah, or? that's it. It's all it'll take. It'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be good. So let me walk you through who we've got. Tank Girl. Tank Girl 2000. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Tank Girl will be played by Margot Robbie. Jet Girl will be Hannah John Kamen. Sam, who will be immediately sold for uh, booze money, will be played by Bronte Carmichael. <laughs> Kesley will be Lucy Lawless. Sergeant Small is Thomas F. Wilson. Booga will be Dave Franco. T-Saint is Brandon T. Jackson. DT is Leslie Jones. Subgirl is Rebel Wilson. And Barney is Aquafina. All of this will be written by Christina Hodson, directed by Rachel Tulele, and production designed by Colin Gibson. That is our new Tank Girl. We did it! Megan, are you going to go watch this movie? Yeah, I'm going to watch the heck out of this movie. All right. I love it. Cool, we did it. So, tell people about your amazing podcast, and also whatever else you'd like to plug. Oh, sure. Um, I host a Game of Thrones podcast. Uh, We were going over what was going to happen at the end of the episode guessing what was going to occur based on some book stuff and previous episodes. But Hashtag now we, book stuff. Huh? Hashtag book Hashtag stuff. Hashtag book stuff. And, but now that the series is over, what we're going to be doing is uh, next week, uh, we have an excerpt that you were kind enough to give to the podcast of what Game of Thrones means to you. Am I right? I believe I did that. Yes, that sounds like a you thing did I did. Do that. So uh, that's what we're doing next week. And then after that, we'll be talking about... Every episode, one episode at a time in 20 to 40 minute segments and how like the clues in that episode, the clues to the ending, basically, that were in those episodes. Oh, interesting. So it's a, it's a rewatch from the beginning. Like, okay, all right, cool. So there's White Walkers here. Does that come through in the ending? Uh, It's, it's kind of more like, oh, Oh, Danny says she's going to burn all those people. Like, I wonder... Oh, yeah, that does, that yeah. makes sense with the ending. Yeah. Oh, man, what is, Ned's here. Oh, man, he has to go to the Capitol? Oh, I wonder how that's going to affect the ending. And, and I mean, certain phrases, like, uh, like one of my favorites is, you can rule with, with fear, with love, or with gold. And that had some pretty good follow through. So it see, did. she, uh, she rules with gold and, Daenerys rules with fear, and Jon Snow rules with love. So there you have it. There's your three little things like that. You yeah. can uh, you can find us anywhere you can find podcasts, and uh, we're at the Pointy End Pod on Twitter, at the Pointy End Podcast, pretty much everywhere else. And uh, yeah, if you're a fan of Game of Thrones, you should really be listening to this podcast because it's more Game of Thrones, and who doesn't want that? Pretty much every everybody wants that. Every, every who it's it's going back to why we love Game of Thrones and who doesn't want that? There we go. That's it. Figuring out where it all fell apart. <laughs> <laughs> oh. hmm. But like, what other Instagram, Twitter do you want people to follow hmm. for like you as a person? Yeah, you can follow me. My weird cosplay comedy adventures at the Rose Fox. It sounds like a restaurant, but it's not. It's just my Instagram, and that's. Just at sign and then the and then rose and then fox should be pretty easy. But if you can't figure it out, that's okay. I'm sure it'll be in the description. It for sure will because I care. Oh, gee, thanks, Sam. Um, if you're interested in finding out 
more about me, I should be better at this. Um, <laughs> I'm at Sam Gash, S-A-M-G-A-S-C-H on Twitter. If you want to follow the podcast on Twitter or Instagram, we are at Ideal Remake. Or join us on Facebook, Ideal Remake or Ideal Remake Podcast. And yeah, if you like the decisions we made, good. And if you think we made some incorrect decisions, feel free to let us know. And if there's one thing that you can do for the podcast this week, it's please tell one person in your life about this show. It means a lot to me and it would be incredibly helpful. Megan, thank you so much for being a guest on this week's episode of Ideal Remake. What is a quote from the movie Tank Girl that you would like to end on? The best one is, um, what was the one? Oh, I'd like to stick around, but what was that? I was just thinking about leaving this place. It's been swell, but the swan's gone down. (laughs) Okay. Go with that one? Yeah. All right, we'll go with that one.